for this comic book reading we're going to take a look at the first appearance of one of my favorite characters which happens to be ghost rider he made his first appearance in uh, marvel spotlight number five in 1972 and it ran from um, issue number five i believe to issue number 11 um, the following program contains mature language and potential spoilers listeners be advised Welcome to Marvel Superheroes Podcast. I'm Illegal Machine, and with me is... Mr. Fix-It. Diablo Frank. And today, we're ready to grab this podcast by the pussy. <laughs> we're just gonna... That's how you do a good podcast. You just walk up. When you're, when you're famous just, podcasters like us, that's all you gotta do. You gotta just walk up by the pussy. topic. You just grab it by the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't gonna date us at all. Boy, that's a good start. This is a good start. Let's go with this. I'm liking this. Let's go. Let's go. Well, all right. So you're, you're the one with uh, a handful of, of gooch, so you, you keep it going, buddy. All right. Well, I guess uh, uh, Frank reached out to us and asked us what kind of podcast we'd want to do. I'm assuming you pick these characters because it's October, right? Indeed. Indeed. So I made an executive decision after reading the first few pages of Marvel Spotlight number five from what is this, 1979? 72. Nope. 79? 72. 72. I thought it was 72. No, you're right, dude. 72. Oh, suck it, Mac. <laughs> You're about to get old tonight, son. Oh, I, I assumed it was 79 because it's in uh, in Marvel Unlimited. It's in the 79 to 82 tranche. Yeah, okay, but so it's Marvel I, I have a special. I have a special story for this. Trust me. It's, it's uh, okay. Anyway, so this is about to get weird. All right, okay. All right. So this is the first appearance of Ghost Rider. Is he alive or what? dead? A legend is born. The most supernatural superhero of all. It's a cover of Ghost Rider riding a wheelie through a bunch of. It's like a garbage alley with a bunch of thugs shooting at him, right? Yeah. He is the most supernatural superhero of all. Yes. So we want to just walk through a quick recap of this uh, issue. Well, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Can I tell my story how I no, got to you, this? No, no, no. Usually, well, I don't know. Does it does it pertain to spoiling the entire comic? No, no, no. Is this something that we should read the comic first and then talk about it afterwards? No, no. It's just me trying to read this fucking issue. All right, I guess so. Okay, so you know, hey, unless, if, your story it, sucks, wait, wait. if your story, if your story, I'm gonna cut you off. That's fine. So fix is a little light in the pocket right now, so I couldn't afford unlimited right now. So Frank's like, we're gonna read number five, the spot, the Marvel spotlight number five. I started looking online. I'm a big supporter of Marvel Unlimited, but I had to find me a quick free copy and a friend of mine had said here i'm gonna send you a link you can read it here and i'm like all right so i get there it's not where you read it someone read the comic to you so this guy will talk about the issue and he has this very bob ross voice so he's whispering so as you can see on the cover his his, his, his head is flaming in a, in a left direction so that, that gives you an idea that the wind is coming from the right and he's talking like this about the issue so i'm like okay i'm, I'm gonna sit through this and let's see how this plays out and he literally reads the comic to you and he comments on each page in each panel as you can see these two guys here there's a lot of fear in their eyes i, I think they're really feeling the fear and i'm sitting there, i went it took an hour and 30 minutes to get through the issue but was so entertaining to have Bob Ross ish guy read it to me as he went and he has a video camera and he goes panel to panel with the video camera so you can read along with him are you making this so up that's my stuff no dude I swear to god dude I would send you the link dude they, they have was, been seeing those like popping this. up on I YouTube swear to god dude I will send you the link dude it was fucking awesome and the dude just like he starts talking about like and he even stops you know how in the mid pages they have those advertisements he'll start talking about the advertisement he starts reading off all these like there's some kind of record deal like you can get record and he's like reading off the names and then he's like oh Here's a game. I used to play this game back in the day. It's a very good board game. That, it, it, dude, I'm just sitting there like fucking fascinated with this man. He's reading me the issue and he goes page for page. Advertisement, no matter what it is, he stops and he talks about it, does a little bit of a comment and it moves on to the next page. And then he'll even talk about the artwork a little bit like, oh, as you can see here, the the, the, the shadowing is darker. Uh, it was fucking fantastic. I'll send you the link, dude. It was great. I actually, I could do more comics like that. And he has such a gentle voice. It's almost like he's whispering in your ear, like a stranger danger whisper, but not that there. Was it on YouTube or what? Was it like I a, think so. I think it was on YouTube. The link just took me somewhere, and this guy has he had, a, but it's only old comic books, nothing new. How do you how do you not know where you're watching a video? What do you mean it's a Dude, link? Well, no, because the somewhere. the link I put the link on Google, and then it just took me. And it, it, oh, you know what's YouTube? Because it has a little YouTube symbol on the thing. Well, yeah, you the hit logo? play, and it, it took you there, huh? Okay. Hey man, I'm yeah. I'll say, I'm gonna check this shit out. I'm gonna subscribe to the channel. And I'm gonna let do him it. Know. I'll set it to. I'm gonna let him know I heard about it on the Marvel Superheroes podcast. <laughs> 
no, but we, dude, we, he was we, fantastic. I enjoyed it quite a bit. So, okay, yeah, that's I, my I, story. I just wanted to throw that. that no spoilers, you dick. Yeah, I have been seeing that stuff pop up lately when I'm trying to research something, especially if it involves videos. And I'll see those things pop up. I, I just don't have enough time to have somebody do that for me, though. It's like, and I, and I do similar stuff like that with the, the DC Bloodlines podcast, where I'm kind of giving you a synopsis of the story and I'm doing funny voices yeah. and shit. Anima, Argus, Ballistic, Carlson, Channelman, Chimera, Edge, Freight Train, Geist, Gunfire, Akra, Harry Force, Hitman, Hook, Jam, Joe Pollock, Warrior, Crack, Layla, Lionheart, Loose Cannon, Megabiter, Mongoloid, Myriad, Nightblade, Output, Pass, Prism, Razor Shark, Rod and Jane, Samaritan, Shadow Strike, Slingshot, Smart Shot, Terror Smith. Wow, that's a lot of radical trademark names. And you may not have heard of any of them, but they were all introduced in DC Comics' 1993 Summer Annuals. Most went on to figure into more stories within their four-color universe. Many earned their own spotlight series, and one became a cult hit from acclaimed creators. While the comics of the 1990s are often derided, for me, as a longtime comic book reader, I found a deepened fandom and a safe harbor from the Chromium Age in the DCU. I fell in love with the history and legacy found in generations of heroic mantles, and my journey into this continuity largely began with Bloodlines. Join me, Diablo Frank, as I explore the more overlooked areas of DC Comics' superheroes, beginning with an early 90s intellectual property generating stunt and fanning outward towards other obscurities and icons from throughout decades of sequential art stories all flowing through the DC bloodlines. Podcast available on iTunes, Shout Engine, and the Internet Archive. Oh my god, this guy's voice. Okay, you know what? You found it? Look, Mr. Fix-It, I'm fully on board with your story now. This is... <laughs> unbelievable it's awesome isn't it this shit is unbelievable dude this dude's my fucking hero and he reads the comic to you he's gonna read the entire book and he's gonna talk about the art it's an hour it's an hour and five minutes long it's like a podcast episode yeah all right cool subscribe all right really i'm down with dude i'm gonna i'm actually gonna go back and watch some of the dude he's entertaining as shit dude like he talks about it and the cool thing about it is you you know he really loves this stuff like he's not being snarky or he's not being a dick but he really does he really likes this shit so i'm i'm definitely checking it out so it's the opposite of the Marvel Superheroes podcast. Pretty much, yes. Okay. He's a Yang. <laughs> Why did you just leave that hanging when you just said it's a Yang? <laughs> He's a Yang? Well, I was waiting for you to finish it off, but uh, I, I guess we weren't on page on that one. That that bit didn't work out too well. Welcome to the Marvel Superheroes podcast. I'm a legal machine, and with me is... <laughs> We're doing this again? Yeah, I think we should just start this shit over. <laughs> it's, we've gone off the rails that quickly, huh? I think you should take back over, Mac. You, you, you have the conch. So this issue basically starts with your... I can't... So what per, what perspective is this for? Is it third person, kind of? Or is it like fourth person? Uh, I think that's mm. cause second person. You think it's second person? Yeah, because it's telling you you are now the Ghost Rider. Well, hold on. Rain, engulfing the city in a damp blanket of gloom. Rain, pounding down on the skull that once was the head of a normal man. Rain, combining with the black loneliness of night to beat a mournful cadence with cries. You are now the Ghost Rider. My understanding right, but, is that whenever calling... it's you, it's somebody telling you who you are, that's second person from my understanding. No, it doesn't sound like second person. No, because it's, it's, whole... it's, it's somebody telling me who someone else is, but referring yeah. to me. It's, it's another be... person talking to you about you. Second but I'm person. not Ghost Rider. I'm the reader. But you're supposed to be living vicariously through the Ghost Rider. Well, that's your opinion. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Well, if it's you are the Ghost Rider, it's telling you right there in the caption box. No, this is it. So so Ghost Rider is reading this comic book, is what you're saying? No, somebody is an, an omniscient narrator talking to the Ghost Rider about the Ghost Rider. This is at least sixth person. I don't think that's at the least. thing. I think if, if it were a Grant Morrison comic, maybe, but no, I think you're going on a limb here. This issue was edited by Stan Lee, conceived and written by Gary, is it Friedrich? I believe, Friedrich, Frederick, something like that, yeah. Frederick? I, I got uh, it, yeah. yeah, go. No, that's good. Keep going. Drop my by Mike Klug. Aided and abetted by Roy Thomas. And I think he gets that credit because Friedrich came up to him with the idea of wanting to do a book about a cyclist and use the name Ghost Rider. And he was going to use him as a Daredevil villain, from what I understand. And Roy had already come up with a shitty Daredevil villain called the Stunt Master that was somewhat similar. But with the name and the elements that Friedrich brought into him, he's like, no, you, you've gotten something wrong here. This concept isn't a villain. This is a book on its own. You need to develop this as its own series. There's some argument about who did what. My understanding is that Roy Thomas has said that he came up with the skull head. Mike Plug has either come up with the skull head or came up with the flaming aspect. And Thomas has said that his outfit is modeled after Elvis in the 1968 special.
special. But of course, there was a whole legal issue because yeah. Friedrich was trying to say, no, I created the character. This is my character. And I never gave away the rights to it in a legal fashion. So I wanted him back in Marvel and him went back and forth for a number of years. In one instance, he lost the lawsuit and owed Marvel $17,000 and was legally prohibited from selling any merchandise related to Ghost Rider. But more recently, they finally settled that and everybody seems to be good now. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember this from being nasty. Yeah, like, this it, was it, one of the worst of those. I mean, well, they're all bad. I mean, obviously, the, the Siegel and Schuster families had a really nasty issue with DC for the longest time, too. So basically, the, this issue starts off with Ghost Rider. He's just riding through an alleyway, right? Just sort of chilling. It's raining. You know, it's a very dark, gloomy night. And he sort of rides by an armed robbery or a mugging. The two muggers realize that a guy on a motorcycle just drove by and saw them commit this crime, and he's the only witness. So, like, we got to go chase this guy down. By the way, so I want to point out, though, what, what the big point is saying, Ghost Rider himself does not give a shit that this is happening. He's not out for yeah. justice. He's just trying to drive off and not be bothered, and these guys come after him. Yeah, he said it says, and yet your tormented brain chooses not to see it, so you ride on. Again, sixth person. I'm reading. I'm reading. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So basically, they just chase him down. They make some weird comment about how his head's glowing. Uh, he tries to ditch him through another alleyway. They follow him through the alleyway. He hits a dead end. Even though there's a sign that says dead end, beware. What the hell was he thinking driving down there? Maybe for the irony? I don't know. He pulls like a little skids to a stop, and he's like, look, well, since I can't ditch these guys, I'll just see if I can just scare the shit out of them and make them leave. So they come down the alleyway. He does a few like parlor trick, basically. Oh, at first he declares himself as the servant of Satan, screams at him, and they're like, "What the hell is that?" So then he points to the the ground and sets the ground on fire. Um, then they're talking about how he's playing. You're playing games. He's playing games with us. Drill him. So they start trying to. Sh- Did they actually ever actually shoot at him? No, they never actually shoot at him. So then he wrote. He rides this super dope wheelie. I, I love <laughs> how there happens to be a sawhorse with a board up against it, just in the right place, just by happenstance. And they you- set that up like so many panels earlier. <laughs> the board with the <laughs> like. I wish they would. I, there had to have been a panel where he ran over and set that up right it's like i gotta build this i gotta build this dope ramp before these guys come down the alley i just like seeing him in his leathers kind of squatting down getting the board together and stuff and it, like it slides off he has to run back real quick and set it back up again because kind of clumsy because his head's on fire anyway so he jumps in and it scares the crap out of him that's sort of where it ends right because then he dicks he, he ducks into another alley and then he turns back into johnny blaze mm-hmm. in a four panel transition silent looks kind of cool yeah except his normal face looks more horrifying than <laughs> right he's all like he looks like he has some sort of disorder <laughs> now the artist was Roy Thomas right no, no. Mike Pluke. who was the artist Mike Pluke Mike Pluke okay because I, I thought that the art style seemed very familiar yeah Pluke was actually a big deal back in the 70s you know how you'll have these guys that are like huge in their decade and then they kind of fall off during the decade and nobody about them after a while I think his big thing was man thing and so he was having to work in direct competition to Bernie Wrightson and so he really packed in the detail on that book and that was sort of his main title plus he'd done prior to this the monster Frankenstein which look great this one I think was actually a rush job because it's nice looking it's interesting but it's not up to his standards okay I was just kind of curious I, I did like the art style though yeah and he, he only did like a couple or three issues and he was gone oh okay so now uh, we, we go back to Johnny Blaze in his apartment and he's basically struggling with uh, will I ever be free or am I doomed to this dual life man by day and monster by night and then he's saying you know I gotta get my brain off of this maybe if I go to work and help me get my mind off of it and they show him walking in a trench coat to Madison Square Garden and the, there's a sign on front that says Madison Square Garden presents the amazing Johnny Blaze and his cycle spectacular starring Roxanne Simpson and the world's greatest cycle daredevils. So from there, he's, he's in his dressing room and he's sort of reflecting on his origin. So John's all in repose on one of those like psychiatrist chairs and he's like, oh, woe is me with all the horrible things. And uh, he flashes back to uh, his early days when his dad, Barton Blaze, died as part of this traveling cycle show. And yeah. so uh, the guy who runs the show, Crash Sampson, Sampson or Simpson? Sampson. Simpson. Simpson. Oh, Simpson? Oh. Yeah, okay, Crash Simpson, yeah. So he's like, your father was a brave man, Johnny, and we're sorry he was killed. And since you don't have a mother, something's going to have to be done with you. If you'd like, you can stay with us, and we'll raise you like a son. Or you can go to an orphanage. <laughs> I love how he's just real blunt about it. It's like, you ain't got a mother, you ain't got a dad, you can stay with us, and we're going to pack you off. So. It's a little more obvious than the, in my right hand is the blue pill, and the left hand is the red pill. <laughs> But, it's more like in the right hand is the blue pill and the left hand is a pile of shit. Which one will you choose? Well, and and I think there's a strong implication too that if you stick around, you're going to be part of our Daredevil show. So I don't care if your daddy bought it that way. You're going to have to suck it up and be part of this. And yeah. that's exactly what he does. Simpson's running around with his wife and daughter on his bike doing all kinds of flashy shows dressed up in patriotic colors. Johnny Blaze is learning how to work on bikes. He's learning how to do the tricks. He obviously has a more than brother-sister relationship budding with the daughter Roxanne. And then one day they're riding around 
the cycle and it suddenly bursts into flames. So Johnny's like, jump, Rocky, jump. And so she does jump and the mom is like, you got to get off. It's going to explode. And he's like, I can't. I have to get away from the circus tent. So he gets away and he smashes into a tree and mom Simpson's like running up trying to make sure he's he's not hurt. And he's like, no, no, stay back. It's going to explode. And it explodes and it all but kills her. She's in her hospital bed. She's dying and she whispers, Johnny, promise me you'll never ride in the show. Promise me, please. Because let's be honest. We don't know what happened to this dude's mother. We know his dad died this way. We're seeing- well, she was like a mother to him. Yeah. They, and they, they kind of emphasize that, that she was like a mother. There's, yeah. Well, there's a scene where he calls her mom and she kind of, oh. He finally gets to call her mother right there on the deathbed and she's already died before he actually gets the words yeah. out. I imagine, you know, she's dying from this shit. We don't know how many generations of people have died from this shit. Maybe she wants to put an end to the damn thing already. And so she makes Johnny make this promise. Johnny keeps his word. He doesn't have anything to do with the show. What's this fucker's name again? Crash Simpson. Crash Simpson. I keep wanting to call him Brock Samson. Uh... <laughs> Crash Simpson is just a total fucking dick about it. Five years since my wife died and you haven't ridden since. I'm starting to think you're yellow. And what's worse, even the daughter's like that. Yeah, and, yeah. Roxy. You know, yeah, she's a totally fucking enabling her dad's bullying bullshit. But they keep the show going and then at one point Johnny finally realizes hey, I can still do tricks, I just can't do them in the show. So he goes off and he starts practicing and he gets really good at it and in fact he's one of the best anybody's ever seen but the only one who have to see it is Roxy. And so she's the one who determines that he made that promise to her mom which I don't know why the fuck that was a secret. Why didn't they both know that shit and then lay the fuck off the dude? I don't know. Did he feel the need to keep it as a secret or something? But anyway, she finally silently decides, you know, what have I suspected for a long time? I love you. So she loves him, but he's still not in the show. But at least she realizes that he's capable and he's willing. He's just honoring her mom. And so she fucking finally lays off. So they keep touring this extravaganza. Wait, huh? wait, wait. Okay. Are we not going to address that he starts making out with his adopted sister? I, cause wow, I, I didn't snap to that. I wasn't picking up on it. I didn't pick up on any romance. I was just like, oh, they're just brother and sister and they're playing around and then when they start making out I, it, I was like what the hell just happened because there was no there were no hints of any sort of uh, romance before that that was uh, not shocking to any, not shocking to anyone else when I, they I can, making well it. see here's the, here, the problem is I come into this with some baggage I've read Ghost Rider comics in the past so I, I kind of already knew about the relationship so I, I didn't really think about it in those terms well let me tell you something for someone who hasn't read a lot of Ghost Rider comic books my fucking jaw hit the floor when this dude <laughs> made out with his adopted sister brother there's not a single out this girl wears where it's not just all hanging out yeah i mean everything's form-fitting or low cut or what have you so there's no mixed messages here she's she's hot for brother oh, oh man uh, like that one okay on page 12 that one panel where they're they almost look like they're they're fucking in front yeah. of their dad fully clothed it's like yeah, a zipperless fuck going on here there's no way he knows freaking crash is completely oblivious to this i don't know man he might be cool with it he's kind of he, he strikes me as the kind of guy who would tell howard stern that it's okay to call his daughter a piece of ass um no i I disagree. I think that Crash is too busy practicing his motorcycle stunting and has no clue what's going on with the rest of his family. <laughs> it could very well be the case. He's all, so, he's all about that stunt life. <laughs> so his entire career, 30 years is what he says, even though in a later comic book, it, it, 15 years earlier, he'd been a cop. But I guess he was a motorcycle cop. So by his statement, 30 years, he's been working to make it to Madison Square Garden with a cycle show. But he has the disease and he's only got one month to go. So he's going to be dead before he makes it to Madison Square Garden. And so everything he's worked for his entire life is an absolute ruin because of this and he's a yeah. real little bitch about it too yep I, I risk my life every day for 30 years and then when i finally reach my goal the doc tells me <laughs> i may not live to see it daddy what are you saying what do you mean by that that's it baby doc warren gives me a month at the most very very excited about this it's just because hard for me for i want to know what is the disease <laughs> They never fucking say. It's gotta either be, you think it's AIDS? No, no, this is pre, this is 72, dude. Oh, 72. Yeah, no, I, was I was thinking 79 still, so the, it's the worst thing you AIDS. could catch was herpes back then, which he definitely has. Um, oh yeah, you already had that. With that fucking mustache and shit, man, I, I don't want to know what kind of shit's growing in that gigantic handlebar mustache of his. You, you think he got the, oh. that's where he got the he disease got, from handlebar you think, rides. You think he definitely got the nickname Crash from nothing having to do with motorcycling? <laughs> He's like Michael Douglas. I got the throat cancer from the cunnilingus. From the cunnilinguses. You know, that's how you get it, you know. Ay, ay, ay. It's no mistake. I've got the disease and it's going to get me. I'm going with prostate cancer. Just throwing that out there. Oh, uh, you think it's cancer? Yeah, it's got, it's the disease. In 1972, that was the disease. It's you still pretty so? much the, it's still the disease today. I mean, you brought up AIDS. We've, you know, slapped AIDS around. It's not, you know, it's still not good, but it's not nearly as bad as it used to be. But we haven't really gotten shit done with cancer yet. I mean, we're still fucking poisoning people with radiation because it's the best thing we got. Cancer is still the disease. Hey, edit all this super Debbie Downer shit out. I about to say, yeah. <laughs> everything, everything after me suggesting AIDS. No, we got to keep the throat cancer. Yeah, okay, we can keep on it. 
<laughs> we're not going to talk about any besides that. Okay, so then he says, no way, you can't, even if I wanted to. Because they're basically saying, Johnny, why don't, why don't you take over? And he's like, no way, even if I wanted to. And then freaking Roxanne, even though she watched this motherfucker, and, she, and he told her why he hasn't been writing, she says, then it's true. It's true. You must be. You're a coward. She straight up calls him. This is a page, what, two pages later after they were just making out? He's just said, I promised your mother on her deathbed. And this, she straight up calls him a coward two pages later. Not a huge fan of this Roxanne woman. Well, and it is yeah. funny, too, that it, regardless of the emotional trauma, he's still totally watching her leave and enjoying that. Yeah. And she <laughs> says, go ahead and keep your promise, but it'll cost you my love forever. Hello? This family is so jacked up, dude. That promise was to your mom. <laughs> oh Maybe God. the disease is like extreme <laughs> bipolar disorder because the emotional lability of these people is off the fucking scale. So I just got to go through these three panels. She says, go ahead, keep your promise, but it'll cost you my love forever. And then Crash says, so you're going to let me down even in the end. Get out of here, boy. Please just go. And then the next, the immediately the next panel, this isn't even a page. The next panel says, but you cannot go. Not when they need you. Still, there was no one you could turn to. No one except. And then it's Johnny Blaze exclaiming Satan. Satan. And he says, yes, this is the only way. And even though I'm afraid, and then it's, it does an ellipses and it says, since childhood, you'd read of him and then the miracles he could perform. <laughs> now you are ready to face him. And he says, oh, up here, oh, prince of darkness, your humble servant beckons. This is literally, you would normally save that for a page turn, at least. At least. God. At least. This is on the same page. Let, let's not forget he's the part where he's got a pentagram painted to his chest as well. On the burning goats. Yeah, he's got a burning goat skull with a pentagram on his chest on the same page. This is unbelievable. <laughs> it's, so the, it's definitely a neck break change of pace. I'm telling you, dude, the, from page 11 to page 13, this fucking comic book goes off the rails. He goes to kissing his adopted sister to crash has AIDS and then fucking he's worshipping Satan with a pentagram on his chest and a flaming goat skull dude like I can't even handle this shit this is when I texted you we are talking about this comic book You're like I'll take, I'll take any suggestion you guys want to take. There is no more suggestion. We're talking about, Mar- it's We're talking about Marvel Spotlight number fucking five. Holy shit. Anyway, so then, then we have the page turn, and he's kneeling in a pentagram with the flaming goat skull. And it says, through time eternal, through endless space, I beg thee, journey to this place. Which rhymes, which I thought was nice. Dope uh, rhymes there. It was a dope rhyme. And it, but it looks like the pentagram is in blood, right? Because it's bleeding down his chest yeah, on page every, in, in all of these Gary Friedrich stories, because he has like a whole Satan over him that we'll have to get to, it's always like a thick red pentagram and it's always filled in so it looks like a sheriff's star for some reason so anyway he says uh, he's talking about <laughs> satan he's bargaining with satan he's like i ask only that crash simpson be spared from his deadly disease which is killing him and then satan reaches out with his weird phantom hand and says it is done but be warned one day soon i will return to collect my fee as quickly as it began it ended i love that mike plug has taken the satan and he's converted kirby crackle into crotch crackle because he's got like his whole goat lower half with all these black you know blobs but they're kind of like rectangular and you you just know that that's like he's he's woolly and it's gross and it's creepy and it totally sells the demonic nature i like yeah, too he, they never show you his face it's always in darkness with the impression of horns yeah yeah yeah. Th- that is a, definitely a very cool shot of satan but his curvy bubbles are terrible throughout this whole thing and in that like second page when he shoots like that finger of fire at those guys he has a weird curvy bubble on that too and it's just not it doesn't it looks like a leopard print like he shot a leopard print at them or something. it's very bizarre they're a little bit more ditko dot ditko dot okay so where do we go from there frankosaurus you took it back over for like a page and a half. Yeah, but that was a freaking hardcore couple pages. Look, man, I'm getting over something too. You're not the only one who's been sick, all right? Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> then as quickly as it began, it has ended. The room cools and the sickening stench of death fades from your nostril. The sacred candle burns once more and you know that he is gone. The bargain has been sealed. You know only one end and yet you feel strangely relieved as if a great weight has been lifted from your shoulders. Crash will live and perhaps Roxanne will love you again if the master gives you time. If three weeks later at Madison Square Garden, they're preparing for the show and because Crash still thinks that he's going to die he's decided he's going to jump 22 cars for a world record under the assumption that if he dies well he's going to die anyway so fuck it let's go with this hey wait let me take back over he says <laughs> he says this way when people remember me they'll remember i died with my leathers on oh yeah <laughs> that was like the funniest line in this book dude <laughs> i couldn't stop laughing at that garbage they want who's gonna remember you dying with your leathers on what the, what does that mean maybe that was a oh, 70s uh, term I, I guess so well and not only that he's wearing yod first too what the fuck yeah i don't get I don't even know what yodfers are, but I know what you're talking about with the flared pant thing. Yeah, the, the, the German aerial pant. These are knickers. Are those knickers? I don't know. Those aren't knickers. <laughs> knickers are what exactly. women wore in the 1800s under their dresses. <laughs> 
I said knickers. It's a type okay. of, it's, it's pants. Knickers are pants. No, knickers are the fucking pantaloon thingies that you wear under a dress. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's like when this guy wakes up in the morning, he's like, where are my knickers? He's totally not like, where is my knickers? If he is, yeah. then he's going to a different club to wear those leathers. <laughs> no. He definitely wants to know where his knickers are in the morning. All, all I know is I think that the disease, the, those aren't jodfers. He's just got growth coming <laughs> out of his back end there. Whatever yeah. he's been doing, it's had an impact on him physiologically. I, I think it's dope. He's totally going to jump 22 cars. Though. <laughs> I don't know why I loved all this. Dude, I love this comic book. <laughs> anyway, so this dude's going to straight up jump 22 cars. He don't give a fuck. I don't understand what, I mean, I guess he couldn't tell him I made a pact with Satan, right? Uh, it's not the sort of thing you just openly share with people. Yeah. I was trying to think of a way that this could have been avoided, but I, I just don't think there is. I think I think if Crash wants to go out this way and he wants to die in his knickers, in his leathers, and that's how he wants to be remembered, there's nothing that Johnny's going to say to stop him because he thinks Johnny's a coward anyway. Well, that, I don't think there's. it's a situation, too, where he's like, dude, why don't you get checked one more time? Maybe it isn't as fatal as you think. It's like, no, it's totally fucking fatal. My doctor's been doing this for months now, and I'm dying, and I'm not going back again. It's, yeah, it, it, that's something I can actually buy. So here's another. So anyway, Crash like rides by his motorcycle, and he gets a thumbs up, and that's some sort of way to like show Johnny that he's forgiven or whatever. Or that he does still can right so then he so then he takes this jump dude and, and if i count correct on this neck page he clears exactly one two three four five fucking cars <laughs> he cleared five of the 22 cars and crashed and exploded into it no like, he's still pretty high up in the air I, I think he did a little bit better than you giving him credit for no i way, think that's dude. just a matter of perspective no in fact you know what one three you know it's five cars look at the color of the car he crashed. Yeah, those are some dude. nice fucking cars too how they manage to afford cars that nice to get jumped by a motorcycle yeah a bunch of old mercedes's oh man that was freaking amazing though but he definitely straight up only went five cars and crashed and died which he should have just let the disease take him because that's all what he's gonna be remembered for now is that he tried <laughs> he's the ass only cleared five old cars he straight up he came up 15 cars to <laughs> short oh my god dude which also goes to show you that i don't think johnny's such a good mechanic because the first bike he worked on burst into flames and killed his mother and the second bike he probably worked on didn't even make it over five cars and crashed and exploded into a ball of flame i do think there's a lot of crash motorcycles over the course of the series you may be on to something. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me uh, take this sip of this water here. At any point, do you want to compare this to the movie? When it- no, absolutely not. Well, especially because if you're talking, we're going to lose you in like five seconds anyway. So we've kind of, you know, given up on that. Yeah. Well, anything you don't no, want to do. Anything you want to do, we're not going to include you in because we're not going to be able to hear you. Yeah, I don't know if you know it, but you were gone for like two or three minutes there just now. Yeah. You're- no, I'll tell you, someone keeps calling. Ah, we go again. <laughs> we lost you again, dude. Here's what you need to do. First of all, are you listening? Are you listening? Okay, fucking living room. Your internet connection's better. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are you in your wireless right now? No, dude, I'm charging my I'm charging my phone while we do this. Shit. Well, I'm just telling you right now, ever since you went into your bedroom, because your your camera's on, I've watched you walk all around your house. <laughs> That's watched, fucking creepy. I watched you take your headphones off. You walked away for a while when Frank was asking you questions. I watched you walk back to it. I saw you uh, lay down in bed. You look really cozy, by the way. That's I'm very relaxed. <laughs> You're very relaxed right now. But you need to fucking get up out of your goddamn bedroom and go to somewhere in your house where you have better reset. Please, Jesus. If I could sign a pact with Satan right now. <laughs> The only request would be that you fucking go to a different room in your house. Please, please, Dark Lord, please. <laughs> oh, God. And we lost him again. <laughs> Point proven. Okay, so we lost you again there, Mr. So, so Johnny goes, all right, fuck this shit. Not only am I going to be responsible for the death of my uh, my adopted father because I did not maintain a bike properly that he could make it more than five cars, I'm going to then Nor show negotiate him. a favorable contract with Satan. Right, right, right. right. You, why did you have to put all those qualifiers in when you were freaking telling Satan what you wanted? Then I'm going to do the jump and complete it and make you completely forget Crash Simpson ever existed. You can't even let him die in fucking peace. He just wanted to go out and have the headline the next day showing that Crash Simpson freaking and died in a ball of fire. Instead, the headline is Johnny Blaze jumps 22 cars on a suspiciously working motorcycle. And not to mention over that red spot where Crash landed initially. Yeah, so. he literally, he, that's not what he did. They're he like jumped, hosing he, the shit down still, you know? He, what he really jumped was 22 cars, one motorcycle, and one dead burning body. <laughs> that's what he actually jumped. It, in Guinness, that's what it's going to live. They'll have a little asterisk for fine detail. So anyway, that was backfire number one. Backfire number two is that when he lands, she's like, how could you do that after dad died? <laughs> yeah. 
it's just so amazing. And this time we're totally on her side. Yeah, anyway, so then she just she walks away. So he's just like, damn, now I'm all alone. But he does have a record for most cars jump. So that's it. That is a plus. So at that point, Satan shows back up and he says, you, you double cross. <laughs> I like how, I like how he, he talks to Satan like he's a used car salesman. <laughs> you double cross me, then appear again. You got a lot of gall, devil. Well, he is the devil, Johnny. <laughs> Jesus. What happened to the integrity of the infernal? I want to know. <laughs> no shit, dude. <laughs> Unbelievable. Because, you know, these facts <laughs> with Satan always work out so well. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. This is the one the sure, uh, the one time I strike a bargain with Satan. I get screwed over. So then this weird thing's happened. I'm not really sure what's going on here. So then he says, uh, silence, weakling. I kept my bargain. The mortal did not die of a disease. Now I claim my reward. You are very soul. And he, he's like, I don't know what that panel is. It's I guess that's Satan's eyes or are they butterfly wings or something? I don't they know. They look like eggs. On. Like what? Like eggs. Like the devil's yeah, rebels like or something. So then he says, from this day forth, you will walk the earth as my emissary in the dark hours and in the light you will be you will join me in Hades and he says no no and he holds his head so then this is this is where I freaking understand so then Roxanne comes in and says Johnny I wanted to no no and she's I suspected it but I didn't want to believe it and then she says back oh foul dinzin of the depths as to the <laughs> this is freaking so ridiculous as the cry wait, wait wait hold on you read this I can't freaking read this sentence for back oh foul dinzin of the depths as the cross is to a vampire so is the presence of one pure of in heart to you disappear i command you or the forces of good will within me will destroy you i depart says, cursed woman but i shall return to claim what is owed me so did like because i, I don't get what happened here is it because she interrupted the well no no, no. They, she she explains it now though you never realized it i read your books on satan when you weren't around and when i entered the room well i knew exactly what to do so basically the purity of her spirit and her love for johnny was enough to ward off the darkness as though she were like garlic or a cross or something so what i'm loving here though is that johnny wild away his days in a circus tent with books on satanism and he so fervently believed that he's referring to this guy as the master over and over again and he thinks he's going to get a square deal from satan and then roxy's coming up and reading the same books and so that way she knows how to be a ward what how the fuck is he even doing this shit how does this happen was there like somebody in the circus that was a satanist too and is like giving him the books how do we get to this place well what i know but my other thing was that if she interrupted the spell that satan was putting on him how is he still go that's what i'm saying so is that why i mean okay so we can just finish off the rest of this and we can talk about this crap so basically he just is about to go out and ride a freaking motorcycle and his head bursts into flames he's like oh shit fucking ghost ride that's basically the end of it right uh yeah pretty much yeah okay well, and, and the, the setup of the initial stories is that he turns into ghost rider every night yeah, and, he, yeah. and he's so still he, he's johnny blaze he still he still has the conscience of johnny blaze but he spends all of his time trying to avoid people so they don't connect ghost rider to johnny blaze like what i don't get is like so he doesn't do satan's bidding no no right? no and is that because she interrupted in the middle of the whatever he was doing Johnny Blaze yeah something they play with uh, later on in the series is that so long as she loves Johnny he is protected by her love and therefore he doesn't lose any more of his soul and he has access to Satan's powers to try to combat Satan's efforts to clinch the deal got it okay so that that squares me off then with the rest of this because I was like what the hell did she interrupt it and he's not ghost and he didn't get the curse but he did get the curse because the head still burst into flames but he doesn't do Satan's bidding so what the hell's happening so we sort of in this purgatory limbo zone right yeah ghostess interrupt us okay hey what did you guys think about this issue that I thought was fucking amazing. I enjoyed it. You want to elaborate a little bit? Biting uh, commentary there, Mister Fixit. So, have you ever read, Mister Fixit? Have you read a lot of Ghost Rider comic books, or have you have you read any Dan well, Hatch, Johnny Blaze? That's a that's a very good question. I did read that when they reintroduced reintroduced them in the nineties. The Dan Ketch stuff. I watched the movies. Read some of the more current stuff. The Jason Aaron run with Ghost Rider, where they were showing future Ghost Rider, and they're all different. Well, there's multiple Ghost Riders, different era Ghost Rider. But like I said, if this was a, an inkling of how the Ghost Rider was written in the seventies, I would definitely read this stuff more often. We, they actually did like a, a, the, the original Ghost Rider series back in the 90s reprints of these books. Yeah, that's when he like fought the X-Men, didn't he? I don't know. You got me there. How about you, Mac? What Ghost Rider have you read? read? I haven't really read anything. I mean, I think I read some of that 90s series because, you know, the tech series stuff looked so awesome. I don't remember any of it. Um, I just remember Ghost Rider looked freaking awesome. And I still think that that's, to me, that's still the best version of Ghost Rider. Not the, the Johnny Blaze stuff. No offense to Johnny Blaze. But that Dan Ketch stuff with that awesome motorcycle that I think still looks freaking amazing today with the flaming wheels and everything um, and the chains and everything like that. To me, that's still peak Ghost Rider. Uh, but other than that, I haven't read any of this stuff. I haven't seen any of the movies. I don't care to. But 
but I really enjoyed this issue. Except I'm not really, I don't know if I'm super, I don't know if I really care about his relationship with Roxanne. You know what? I'm not sure if I care about that, but I like this issue on its own, but I don't know if it uh, drives me to wanting to read more about Johnny Blaze or anything. What about you, Mr. Fixit? I mean, what about you, uh, other guy on the podcast whose name is Frank Diablo yeah. Frank? Actually, I had a fair amount of exposure to Ghost Rider in the you know late 70s, early 80s. For some reason, those comics would find their way to me. I've read a handful of those issues and some of the early ones I got to read when they were doing the reprints in the 90s. Everybody loves the visual. Ghost Rider looks so cool. I mean, he's a flaming skull in black leather on a motorcycle. That's an all-win situation. But the actual series is kind of terrible. I mean, the, the, the adventures are extremely rote. They, they repeat themselves over and over again. He's He fights terrible villains and he, he spends too much time fighting like regular cops and regular bikers. So he, he's like totally outclassing them. There's no threat there really. And then of course they start the series with him fighting freaking Satan himself. So it's kind of hard to, to downgrade from there. And instead though, he spends a bunch of time fighting like Daredevil villains. He fights Stuntmaster who keeps popping up and he looks terrible. And they, But because he's a bike themed villain, they keep using him. Deathstalker, the gladiator, the eel, uh, just awful villains. And then he, he gets Pace Pot Pete at one point and he even steals from Daredevil's supporting cast. Karen Page quit working at the law office for a while and tried to become an actress and he was a stuntman in the movies at that point in time and so they had a near romance as well. He, oh, he shit, just, really? Yeah. So he just wow. keeps borrowing from uh, specifically Daredevil's. It's like Daredevil didn't have a deep bench back in the 70s so the fact that he's loaning all these guys out is kind of sad but then when Ghost Rider would try to create villains he'd do guys like the Water Wizard and Manticore and Malice. I think the only two that come to mind initially from the first few years of the book that I liked were the Orb who was this dude who wore this giant helmet that looked like a big eyeball and he mesmerized people. Uh, him I liked and he was actually the enforcer who I know best as a guy who got killed by the Scourge early on. Uh, he got started in a Ghost Rider book. But it, it, you had this weird range where the Ghost Rider would be fighting Satan in one issue and, and you might appreciate this Mac. I think it was issue 8 or 9 because they, they totally fucked you over. They put the Hulk on the cover. It's Ghost Rider versus the Hulk and then the book was late so the entire interiors are reprinted the issue we just talked about. No Hulk whatsoever except the blurb at the very end saying Hulk's in the next issue and so he fights the Hulk and he wins and the way he beats the Hulk is he creates so much fire around the Hulk that it sucks up all the oxygen and knocks the Hulk out through deprivation I think I remember that comic that kind of sounds familiar yeah but um, most of the adventures are just boring it's just him riding around on a motorcycle fighting lamos. then the very next issue he ends up going up against some bikers that are supposed to be like the Hell's Angels they do everything but actually call them the Hell's Angels I think they're actually called Satan's servants and there's a leader of the group who's this curly redheaded guy who seems to have some sort of mesmerism powers and he is trying to kill Ghost Rider initially but eventually changes up and tries to kill Roxy and the reason why he's doing this is because it's actually Crash Simpson who's possessing the body of this redheaded guy and he has to kill his daughter to sever her connection to Ghost Rider so that he can get out of hell so that shows what a terrible dad this guy was apparently he was reading the same Satanism books as Johnny was as a kid so God only knows what kind of weird fucked up shit was going on in that childhood eventually it's like three issues and ten pages into the wait 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 was there a I learned it from watching you dad moment there ought to have been but no it, for some reason they never actually connect both these men uh, their, their knowledge in Satanism they, there's no connection made between the two of them I don't and, and as far as I can tell they never played with that so ten pages into the third chapter of this story everybody's in hell and Ghost Rider manages to convince Scratch to not be evil anymore even though there's a whole sequence where he strips his daughter down into a metal bikini like Red Sonia's and paints where he's going to stab her with a giant knife and he himself is half naked it's just all kinds of weird shit going on there and then Crash ends up dying in hell and then they drop that and then the, for the next 10 pages of that issue Johnny's like oh wait that's right I'm going to go jump that ravine in Arizona and the next 10 pages is him dealing with Native Americans and shit and what? Then, yeah and then they do that for like another three or four issues and it involves like there's this guy called Snake Dancer and apparently they don't want Johnny to jump the ravine because they're trying to get the land back from the government and the figure of Johnny jumps it then it'll be too famous and the government will never give their land back so they're trying to do Johnny in to stop him from jumping and the motivation for Johnny to jump is he's gonna so even though they tell him why they don't want him to jump it he's still gonna fucking do it Johnny is a fucking awful person and then that leads into a whole thing where they introduce the son of Satan and it's just this great big mess of Native Americans and Satanism and sacrifices and it just completely goes off rails in a bad way so I'm glad the creator Gary Friedrich he left the book in order to start up Son of Satan and it helped for him to be gone because the book was a fucking mess the whole time he was doing it I, I like the idea of Ghost Rider I like the visual I can enjoy select issues of the series but the book was so consistently bad I mean just to give you an idea for the first two years they had different writers and artists on seemingly every issue and most of them were like really bad he always got like the lowest rung artists like Don Heck George Tuska I'm trying to think Frank Robbins all the guys the old guys 
guys from the 70s that just scrounged for assignments. So people were really happy when Don Perlin came on. It's like, yay, Don Perlin! And he did the Damn. book for a long time. And they were just happy to have that that level of consistency of art, that Don Perlin standard. Um, so I'm with you guys. When the 90s series started with the Javier Salteri's layouts, the Mark Texera finishes, the fact that they have a real lore, because like the stuff that we associate so closely with Ghost Rider, like the flaming chain, that wasn't there in the entire first series. He just runs around and blasts stuff with Hellfire all the damn time. The the penance stare, you know, where he, he, he brings up people's worst nightmares by staring at the eyes, that was totally a 90s invention. Awesome. The improved costume, the improved bike, the improved lore, you know, because he just, like, I, I've read, like, or I've scanned through the first, like, 25, 30 issues of the Ghost Rider series, and he was in about six issues of Marvel Spotlight, and the whole time he's still Johnny Blaze while he's Ghost Rider, and at some point he does a Hulk thing where he turns into Ghost Rider whenever he's in danger or gets mad, and they set up fairly early on, too, that he can't die, so that takes away a lot of the stakes, and so he's just, like, just riding around on his motorcycle all the time. He doesn't really seem to have a purpose for being, and he doesn't have a lot of the iconography that you associate with him, so I would say that, like you said, peak Ghost Rider was the 90s series. That was probably the best Ghost Rider was going to be. And honestly, I'd argue it's peak Johnny Blaze in the 90s, too, because I remember, so you had Dan Ketch, and he was, you know, that was a fairly popular book, right? Yeah. And then when they brought back Johnny Blaze, I was like, who the fuck is Johnny Blaze? And then I was flipping that issue, and I was like, wait, he's the original Ghost Rider? Holy shit, this is crazy. And he's got a double-barrel shotgun that shoots Hellfire? Mm -hmm. Like, this is freaking awesome. Uh, So I thought that was kind of cool. You had this old throwback, Johnny Blaze shows up, and he's this badass in a trench coat. Yeah. But he's not Ghost Rider, but he used to be Ghost Rider. So like I thought all that shit was freaking cool. It was a lot better than Johnny Blaze being whiny bitch from the 70s. Like a lot of the Marvel tragic heroes were, and you get tired of him being like, oh, woe is me all the damn time. Yeah, yeah, for real. Hey, I just wanted to say one more thing. So I've been clicking through this, uh, you know that YouTube channel that Mr. Fixit talked about earlier where mm-hmm. the guy reads you the comic book? And it was suggesting one of his other videos to me, and it says ASMR math. How, and it says ASMR is autonomous sensory meridian response. And then he talks about how interest rates affect our society. And it's an hour and 34 minutes long. And this guy gets into some weird shit. So I am not going to subscribe to his uh, channel and I am unsubscribing and close. And I'm going to forget that I ever saw that. Thank you. Apparently reading comic books is only one of his many talents. Yeah. <laughs> Super weird shit, dude. Okay. Sorry. It was kind of an um, interesting channel, but then he started talking about all his Marxist bullshit. One star. <laughs> one star. Swag flu. <laughs> Fuck you. Swag flu. <laughs> okay. I guess we're good. All right. Is that a, that's a pretty good episode. Okay. Yeah. I think we're cool. Oh, wait, wait, so you want to get a better connection next time. No worries. I'm not a huge fan of the remote shows, but we haven't done a Marvel superheroes in a while. I really wanted to do something more Halloween themed too. So this is just a cool little quickie we could knock out. Cool. So I, I think are we all agreed if we're going to read more Ghost Rider, let's read some of that 90s stuff. Oh yeah. Oh fuck yeah. We're not reading any more of the 70s shit. Because I, like but, I said, I, I actually read. Book. Yeah, but I, I read. I like this issue too. This was a pretty good issue. But I've read ahead, you guys, and I've scanned ahead, uh, and it's fucking bad. It gets worse. Oh, it's it immediately gets worse. It's all downhill from this first issue. So. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, because again, the artist that's kind of interesting here, he's gone after a couple of three stories, and then you're getting Frank Robbins and shit. So no, no, you know we, we've we've already tasted the best stuff. The only thing I might suggest is that there was a Jim Starlin issue around number thirty, where oh. it, you can't even hardly tell that it's his art because Steve Lealoha's doing the finished art, and he does this really cool kind of techniques, like seventy style techniques. So it kind of looks a little like Frank Frazetta, Bruner, but even though he's not involved. And the whole story is, if I remember correctly, because I, I haven't read this book in thirty some odd years. But Death shows up with his own motorcycle. It's more like a kind of a... Oh, or, you gave us that to read. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We read that one day. Did we? I don't remember that. So, so yes. Yeah, you, you brought it to us. I think we read it at Max's house. Okay. So Death shows up and he's kind of got this sort of like German style bike. And, 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 and they're going to race each other. Yeah, they're going to race each other. And I think they race on the moon too, don't they? Uh, I just remember them like in the mountains and shit. Yeah. And so they're going to do three races and there's three going to be three prizes. And I remember at one point there's a little girl imperiled in the middle of the night in this desert environment but it's just cool seeing you know ghost rider versus death itself riding a race uh it, that's the kind of shit that ghost rider should have been doing all the time but that was like a cool one-off i don't remember really, shit. Uh, i don't know what the hell you're talking about notable writers on the book no, there's a bunch of different writers tony isabella had an interesting run where basically they introduced jesus christ as a supporting character in the series and what? So, yeah so jesus h christ himself shows up and helps save ghost rider at various points from satan because roxy's no longer enough to ward him off and then what happens? I just ask that any time the Ghostbuster have like a sidecar and Jesus was rolling in it. <laughs> Jesus in my oh sidecar. That would have been boss. So actually, I, I pray to God that was a scene and that'd be awesome. Well, Dude, and he, he turns like his his finishing move. He turns water into wine and like spits it into the skull fire to make like this huge <laughs> inferno. Right. So he's like breathing fire. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Trademark Marvel Superheroes podcast. Right. So what Tony Isabella does, he's, he's building up the story arc over a course of about two years, but it's only about 12 issues, where his intention is for Johnny to eventually take the hand of Jesus, finds redemption through Jesus, so that Satan no longer has power over him. And Jim Shooter was involved with the editorial process, and he was so offended by that whole story arc that right before it goes to the press, he stops the presses, rips up the book that they'd produced, and does a new story where it turns out that the guy who everybody thought was Jesus was actually another devil in disguise trying to mislead Ghost Rider. And Tony Isabella quit the book immediately, and he said that in his entire career, one of the top three most arrogant acts of an editor that he's ever seen in his career. Jeez. Which is the kind of shit you hear about Jim Shooter. So every time we even offend Jim, then you hear a story like that, and you're like, fuck, Jim, Shooter, dude. Yeah, I I, I agree. That's just totally what you would expect from Jim Shooter, which unfortunately sounds like we lost a good story out of that. But I don't know. I'm still not a huge fan of Jesus as a supporting character in Ghost Rider. How about this? How about fuck you? I want to see Jesus and Ghost Rider (laughs) freaking side by side. Another thing that's weird, though, for a period of time, Wendy and Richard Peeney of ElfQuest were supporting characters in the book as well. I know what that means. Uh, do you know the comic ElfQuest? Uh, yeah. Yeah. The guys who created that book were supporting characters. He, I think it was Tony Isabella actually wrote them into the series. Holy shit. So they just they just called him the friend? They didn't call him Jesus yeah. Christ? He, he looked like Jesus. Little, uh... He acted like Jesus. And at one point they do show him crucified in, what? you know, the, the, the classic, you know, with the, the with the robes or whatever he wears on the cross. But they never actually explicitly say that he's Jesus. But it's really, really obvious he's Jesus. This is what amazing. Book was that? What book was it? Ghost Rider. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I, this, this is a side question. Has Jesus ever been introduced to any other comic book universes? Yeah, he's popped up on a number of times. I remember there was that really? one Rob Liefeld comic where I think Jesus and Zeus got into a throwdown. And it's a Marvel book or a DC book? No, nah, I, th- I think it was Awesome Entertainment or one of the... No, 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 those don't count. I'm saying the big two. Has any of them ever introduced Jesus? They, like they've had a lot of, of messianic figures and Jesus analogs. I, I, I'm having trouble recalling a specific instance, especially one that's any more overt than this one. I think that this is like the biggest moment in Jesus comic history for mainstream DC Marvel type books. Yeah. Cause like, I know the independent books will do something like that, but I was wondering if one of the big two had gone, you know, taken it to that level. It would have to be in the seventies. They, they just like this kind of shit only happened in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember you told me, wasn't there a Swamp Thing story that Rick Beach was writing where Swamp Thing was traveling through time? Yeah. And he was, he was growing out the of the crucifix itself. He was growing out of the wood of the crucifix and DC yeah. uh, ended up deciding not to publish that story and it ended his run on the book. Yeah. I remember you told me that. That was a really interesting story. Oh, apparently Jesus appeared in Thor number 293. <laughs> and I'm not fucking joking with you. Please stop laughing when I'm trying to be serious. Uh, okay. Uh, could he lift the hammer? Uh, I don't know. If he, <laughs> oh, my God. That is an amazing question. I don't even know how to answer it right now. But I'm going to go to Marvel Unlimited and see if I can find Thor number 293. Thor. I'm just remembering that line from Martial Law where uh, he's basically saying, if that guy's the Messiah, I would be the one who pounds the nails. And you've got Jesus and Thor and a hammer. I'm just having trouble not adding that visual. I don't remember that line from Martial Law. I need to read that. Yeah, Martial Law's awesome. What, uh, should I say 293? Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. This is riveting podcast stuff right here. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Would it be crazy if it's it's uh, absent from the library? No, it's right here. Read now. Downloading, oh. downloading. So this downloading. is Roy Thomas wrote Keith Holland, Chick Stone. I'm looking for Jesus. That's all I'm doing. Looking for Jesus and Marvel Unlimited. All right. Looking for Jesus and all the wrong places. See Donald Blake. Still don't see Jesus. Oh, oh that's a baby, but that no, it can't be Jesus. Sweet that's baby Jesus. Gotta be, that's gotta be Loki. <laughs> Unless they're trying to say Loki is no, they can't be doing that. Man, I don't see Jesus. Is that Jesus? I'm thinking that's not Jesus. If Jesus is in here, he's super Oh, <gasps> there he is. Oh my god. Literally. At the, it, literally. At the last fucking uh the last panel shows Thor. <laughs> It shows Thor, and it, it what's the floating eyeball? Is that a uh, I don't know which uh, which weird god that is. Yeah, I'm so crossing the streams. I'm picturing the Emerald Eye, so I'm this in the wrong is, universe. Uh, what do you see there? That another Asgard is flaming for? Very good. Now gaze down at the earth below, so far below, yet in another place as well. A single scene shall suffice. I trust more than any other to reveal to you the time, the era of the events just witnessed. There, son of Odin. Now do you know in that earlier other Ragnarok? occurred and it's a picture of Jesus in the manger with freaking all, like it's the uh, um, what do you call it the manger scene you know what I'm talking about nativity scene Jesus 
I just took the Lord's name in vain while I was talking about the Lord. Then he says, nearly to the correct. Yeah, yeah. That's really bizarre that they end with just showing the nativity scene. So I guess that is Jesus's in baby form. Way to go, Jesus. I don't know who this eyeball is, and I'm not going to figure it out today. That's cool. Anyway, I just searched Jesus Marvel, and it gave me an issue that his first appearance was in Thor number 293, March 1980. But then it also showed there's like a there's a Marvel Easter special with Jesus on the cover. Yeah, I think they did that in the early 90s. That's that's vaguely familiar to me. Yeah. Because they had that whole thing they did, the religious comics for a while. They did one on... Uh, Mother Teresa, one on Joe, uh, Pope John Paul II. Yeah, it says Life of Christ, The Easter Story, Volume 1. I wonder if it had a, um, a special refractive cover. I would love it if it got cover. canceled. <laughs> For like really poor numbers, that would, it probably did. I mean, it's, yeah, something tells me you gotta keep, uh, you gotta keep publishing that. The Messiah isn't helping our bottom line. Throw okay, it in with Street Poet Ray. Right. None of this can make it because it's extremely offensive. You say so. Three appearances of Jesus of Nana, okay. The Easter special, another one called The Life Christ, and then that one Thor issue. Weird. So Jesus has been in the comic, sort of. I mean, that's freaking, it makes me so mad that that Ghost Rider thing didn't go then because that seems so freaking weird. Ghost Rider Volume 2 number 9, Ghost Rider Volume 2 number 19, Marvel 2 and 1 number 8. What? That must be the friend or whatever and all his. Uh... Anyway, sorry, I'm just rambling now. Are we done? What do you guys I want think to talk so. about? I think we were done like five, ten minutes ago. <laughs> Receive Facebook likes from Grant Richter, Ryan Daly, and Ali Bats. A new Google Plus follow from The Hammer Strikes. WordPress blog follows from Buddy2Blogger. WordPress blog like from Glennet Mansura. New Twitter follows came from Brent McCluskey, Cami Pham, Casey McCollum, Christian Vind, Delon Baumgarten, Dave Asprey, DC Comics Talk, Dean Weathers, Drim at Drim TGI, Epic Film Guys, Gazette Man, Geek Yogurt Podcast, Leonard Kim, Matt Dusk, Mike McLarty, Troy Spinner, Toon Moji Help, Written Sins, and Zaki Hassan, and Paquita Trotamundos, who's been a guest here a few times, and who somehow I managed to miss. If you've ever followed the podcast and haven't given you a shout out, let me know. Sometimes these things slip through the cracks. Receive follow Fridays and variations thereof from Adam Blackmoon, who listed us among his Wednesday Warriors and Saturday Squad, Diego M. Cirero, the Film and Water Podcast, Son of Cthulhu, who asked what's up, can't get over the goodness at Rolled Spined, at Relatively Geeky, and at Coffee and Comics blog. More words from Superman, Captain Marvel, Treasury Comics, Unearthly Visions, who listed us among his Phazon visionaries, and Warlord Worlds. We got the retweets from Comic Reflections, Epic Film Guys, Firestorm Fan, The Hammer Strikes, It's Plastic Man, King Size Comics, Giant Size Fun Podcast, Professor Alan Middleton, Randy Caldwell, and Raven M. Fields. Plus Twitter favorites from Andrew in Belfast, Cinemistique, Delon Baumgarten, David Fior, David Galaire, David Golding, David Taylor 2, these are the Daves I know, I know, these are the Daves I know, Glenn Walker, Horror by Proxy, Jake and Tom Conquer Podcast, Julia Clavian, Carl Disley, Moviesaurus Rex, Nethead, Oscar Blue Devil, The Park Fanatic Podcast, Rabbits Do Comics, Ryan Daly, Sean McLaughlin, and Steve Lieber. That guy drew a bunch of Hawkman comics I read, which featured continuity from Aqua man comics I read they're by the guy before him and finally the Merry Marvel Marching Society the 108 Sage Ange Bone Dragon Comics Cash Flag aka Al Chris Sheehan Coffee and Comics Blog Comics Social Club Darren and Ruth Sutherland Dr. G Nerdologist Eric Mannix FKA Jason Gold Mind Productions Good Times Great Movies Cast Keith G. Baker Kevin Dodgy Martin Gray, who noted his Greer Bliss on the Tiger episode, Mikey Flash, Monsters and Mystics, Pam Bahia, Pietro Blaxamoff, Poop Culture Podcast, Odell Abner Dracula, Richard Field, Ryan vs. Frankenstein at Positively Nerdy, The Silver and Gold Podcast, Son of Cthulhu, just said love, Superman Captain Marvel, Sin and Alias Scarecrow, Trucker Talk Podcast, Oof Dud Fry Hole Yeah, Unearthly Visions, Warlord Worlds, and the Xenozoic Xenophiles Podcast. The Marvel Superheroes Podcast is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by Marvel Entertainment. All characters mentioned and audio clips employed are believed covered under fair use, with no infringement intended against their copyright holders. The views expressed in this podcast are assumed legitimate, truthful, and solely possessed by the speaker. Uh, Nova came for the soap. <laughs>